The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs, offering players a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and search the whole wide variety of free contests and an opportunity to win cash prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Wednesday, June 2nd. Uh, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith uh, with you on this Wednesday uh, as we are continuing on through the uh, NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, lots to break down. We've got uh, an interesting show today where we've got obviously two games. We're going to talk Vegas, Colorado, uh, game two. We're going to talk Montreal, Winnipeg, but we haven't talked about that from an overall series perspective yet either. So we'll do like a series preview slash game one preview hybrid of Winnipeg, Montreal, which of course uh, gets underway tonight. Uh, before we do that, though, uh, we'll look back at the game last night. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes now in a big hole against the defending Stanley Cup champions, a 2 nothing series deficit with the scene shifting to Tampa Bay on Thursday night which is a good time to remind everybody, Ice Guys, BetCast, we're looking forward to it. The latest Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, Bruins Islanders game three, Hurricanes Lightning game three. So we're excited about that. Two really good games tomorrow night on tap. So if you want to join us for the BetCast, uh, send a DM to either me, Alex, uh, the Ice Guys Twitter account, and we'll make sure we get you on the stream, on the feed, uh, with us on the show uh, during that BetCast tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. Uh, but look, Carolina had lots of shots, but you could argue they weren't always high-quality looks at the net last night. And what I'm seeing from Tampa Bay is the same commitment to defensive hockey that they really showed in the bubble last year winning the Stanley Cup. It's everybody. I mean, the forwards are back-checking. The forwards are blocking shots. I, I've lost count of how many shots in these playoffs, and especially the first two games of this series, guys, that Victor Hedman and Ryan McDonough on that Tampa Bay blue line have blocked in this series. They are just like, they're, they're, they're walls. You know, they're, they're basically like just flying down on the ice, trying to block every shot they can. Great sacrifice. 
doing what they can defensively in that regard. And the shots that do get to the net, guess who's taking care of them? Andre Pasilevsky, uh, who's been absolutely outstanding in the first two games of this series. And what's concerning for Carolina is, look, the Leafs are like saying, ha-ha, you guys are experiencing what we're experienced at the end of the Montreal series. We couldn't put the puck in the net. We couldn't finish our chances. And that's kind of what we're seeing here with Carolina. They need more out of, you know, as he did score the one goal, Svechnikov. Prior to that, he'd been in a funk. Where's Tara Vinen gone? You know, Ajo has been quiet the last couple of games. These are the guys they need. And now even more so, you lost Niederreiter to injury in practice before the series began. And last night, Vincent Trocek hobbling off the ice. Rod Brindamore's early prognosis for him is not good that Vinny Trocek may not come back in this series. So there's definitely some issues for Carolina. Uh, that game didn't make me too happy. It was a dreadful one for me from a betting standpoint as someone that had the over to Carolina, Carolina team total that bet Carolina for the series before game two. Uh, it was tough to see that, but uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, this is a team that's shown the ability to go on the road and win games, but uh, the way Tampa Bay is playing right now, it's, it's, it, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle right now for this Carolina Hurricanes team at this point in time. Uh, and uh, we'll have to see if they can – it's all going to come down to whether they can find a way to puncture and get through this Tampa defense and the goaltending of Vasilevsky. That has been the problem in the first two games for the Hurricanes, and it's something that's going to have to change moving forward. Uh, Alex, we'll get your thoughts on last night with uh, Tampa Bay taking a two-zip series lead. Yeah, just a, an, an ugly, gritty performance by Carolina in the sense of, you know, like I said, you get a ton of shots, but they're not quality. Where you look on the flip side with Tampa Bay, 15 shots in total, but uh, they were able to get two of them in. And like you said, the fact that they're blocking now, when you add those, those blue liners blocking, and then you've got uh, Vasilevsky playing at A level, uh, it's going to be hard to get goals. And this is a, a really bad spot now for Carolina, completely blowing home ice. You're down 0-2, and you got to go into uh, Tampa Bay's rink for games three and four. This one... Uh, might end up being a sweep, unfortunately. Like I said, someone who's also holding a Carolina series ticket uh, is really disappointed to see that they couldn't, uh, you know, crack this fortress uh, that is Vasilevsky and company on the blue line. So uh, if Tampa Bay can get their offense rolling a little bit more in this, then they're going to be uh, dangerous and, and prepped for the next round. It's such a shame, too, because their defensive game, I think, has been good in this series, Carolina. They haven't given up a whole lot. They really haven't. And it's not like Tampa Bay is lighting up the scoreboard, but they haven't given up a lot. Unfortunately, that was a really bad goal in game one to give up by Alex Nedeljkovic, uh, the Barkley-Goudreau goal in that game. And they've just had those extra chances that they've capitalized on, and Carolina hasn't. It's been a razor-thin margin, but that's the difference in the series and in the first two games so far. Uh, we're happy to welcome back. Here he is. He's back with us, Jimmy uh, Murphy. Uh, it's been a few days, but it's good to see him. Uh, Jimmy, this is your time. You have not been on this show for a few days. So talk about Carolina. Talk about what you're seeing with the Boston Bruins and the Islanders so far. Do you want to say something about the disaster and the disgrace and the epic fail that is the Toronto Maple Leafs? Go for it as well. But the floor <laughs> is yours, Jimmy. That, that's actually a, a good segue because I, I don't want to actually talk about the Leafs, but I do want to talk about the team that beat them. And look, they they just they made me eat a lot of crow. Uh, you know, I, I gave up on them uh, down the stretch there, and I vowed I'd never bet on them again. Well, I bet on them again, and they treated me nicely in Game 7. I have to confess, it was very nice. I bet on them uh, before the game, in the game, and everything went well. Uh, so I thank the Montreal Canadiens, and I got to give them credit. You know, I'm not going to put them by any means, and we can kind of link in the other series you guys were just talking about. I'm not putting them even close to the level of the Tampa Bay Lightning, 
but they are doing what the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing or the Boston Bruins or the New York Islanders or a lot of the teams in the playoffs right now. And that's forgetting really about focusing on skill and, and, and finesse and just playing playoff hockey. It, it doesn't matter how you score them. Nobody remembers that in the playoffs. They just remember that you got the win and they're buying into their coaches' systems. And, and the Montreal Canadiens did that. Uh, you know, they got in and they realized, look, we got a goalie behind us that's that's out of this world. And he's been playing that way all series. It's time for us to reward him now. And it's time for us to buckle down. And, and they shut the big guns down on Toronto there. And, you know, you want to flip it over and talk a bit about Toronto and what went wrong. They need to look at what Tampa Bay does. I mean, Tampa Bay's got more talent than them. Tampa Bay is a, an amazing statistical analytics team. But at the same time, they don't give a shit about that right now. They care about what's most important. That's winning the Stanley Cup. And they're buying in and they're playing boring New Jersey Devils mid-90s to early 2000s hockey right now. And it's working. You know, you got you got a, a Brodoric goalie in Vasilevsky right now. And then you've got that trap they're playing. And it's working right now. So that's how you win in the playoffs. The Canadians figured it out and made an amazing comeback again. That's what their third comeback from 3-1 in a decade. Uh, it's just an amazing story there. And, you know, we'll get into it uh, with them in the Jets series. And I'll give you my prediction then. But I, I like their chances. No question. And that's a great point. We're seeing Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not playing this high-flying hockey now, not, not in the least. They are dumbing it down. They're thinking goaltending yep. defense first and, and just really protect the front of the net and protect the house. And that's shocking, especially since they got Stamkos and Kucherov back, where they're even more loaded for Bear offensively, that they're actually really clamping down defensively. It's the return of the 90s New Jersey Devils and some with some of these teams. Montreal's played that. Winnipeg played that way to be honest with you, in beating Edmonton. That's really what we've seen. You know, we've seen a return to this. Yeah, and it can be a little bit boring at times for the viewer. There's no question. There were times last night, you know, it was hard to stick with that Lightning Hurricanes game uh, at times last night for someone that was really excited for this series. But look, I, I, I'm not going to say, you know what, shame on you. How dare you play this way because it's boring to me. You don't care about me. They don't care about me. They don't care about the fan entertainment standpoint. They care about winning, and they should. That's what yep. the focus should be. Yeah, uh, you, and know Tampa- not boring? you know what's not boring, guys? That day you spend with Lord Stanley over no. the offseason. <laughs> that is not a boring day. And I'll, I'll trade a bunch of boring hockey for that if I can get it. Exactly. That's what they're thinking. What, whatever way we need to play to win games, win a series, win a cup, they're going to do it. And the Tampa Bay's doing that. Montreal's doing that right now uh, as well. Uh, let's get a thought from Jimmy on the Bruins here because it's 1-1 series. I thought they were this close away from putting a stranglehold on that series. Uh, they erased a 3-1 deficit, felt like all the momentum was on their side. Tough break for uh, Jeremy Lozon there at the uh, blue line there at the end of that game. Results in the uh, Casey Sezikis uh, breakaway game-winning goal uh, in overtime. And now it's 1-1, and all of a sudden, Boston's one, way from, one shot away from a stranglehold in that series. And instead, the Islanders win, and now it's a split going back to Nassau, where it's going to be a nut house uh, for the next two games. We know Boston can, can win on the road. There's no issues there. But still, 1-1 versus 2-0 uh, going to Nassau. Big difference, but I'm happy. I thought a seven-game series was in the offing here. I still think that. I think Boston in seven, and I took the seven-game series prop, so I'm happy. But definitely a big swing toward the Islanders getting that game two win, right, Jimmy? Yeah, and you know they should. You know, speaking of you know grinding it out and showing some character, I mean they they had a gut check there. You know when they went down and, and early in the game, and then they come back, they 
take that lead and then they blow that lead to win that in overtime after blowing that league, like you said, that that shows a lot of character to me. And that's why they are where they are. And of course, they've got a great coach uh, that oozes character and oozes leadership. So I think that helps a lot there with Barry Trotz behind the bench. But as far as the Bruins side of things, guys, I mean, it's pretty much what I what I thought, you know, we were going to see, like you just said, I expected seven games. I expect a lot of leads swings. I expect a lot of momentum swings. It It is what I thought, you know, to, to quote, to quote Dennis green, they are what we thought they were, you know, I mean, this is, this is what we knew we were getting into with this series. And I'll tell you guys, you know, it was funny. I had a, a Bruins fan tweet to me the other day saying, Oh, they stopped playing physical in game two. I'm like, what, what the hell are you watching? They had 47 hits. The problem was the Islanders had 48 and it, it's just a rough game back and forth, back and forth. This is like a heavyweight battle in boxing. They're going to keep swinging, you know, like Rocky Bell boy going down fighting. That's, that's how it's going to be in this series guys. And both teams seem ready for it. So I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see the Bruins bounce back in game three, but yeah, you mentioned it. The Coliseum will be a factor. I, I think in the past, the Bruins have done a great job. You know, they play Montreal a lot in the playoffs over the last decade. They've done a solid job of sort of silencing and even feeding off the Bell Center crowd. They've kind of mastered that. But this is a different element, right? Because while you've got 19,000 fans screaming their lungs off against you in the Bell Center and only, say, about 12,900, I think it is right now, in in, the, in a Nassau Coliseum, these fans are more on top of you. You know, it's an old arena. It's an old barn. You can hear everything. You can feel the building shake. You literally can't. And that's that's going to be the difference there between, say, a rocking, you know, MTS Center, rocking Bell Center or whatever arenas are left in the NHL right now. We know all those arenas allow this time of year, but this is like going back in a time machine, guys, going back to the days of the Boston Garden or the old Chicago Stadium. And that's it's a different element. And, you know, obviously the Islanders are more used to it than the Bruins. So I think that if there's a team that can that can feed off that. It is the Bruins because Brad Martian loves to get under the, the, the skin of the fans and kind of turn the fans against their own team. Um, so we'll see how he is in this game, but it's going to be a battle. I mean, I, you know, if I had to predict, you put a gun in my head right now, I'm going to say they'll split in Long Island too, and we'll go to game five, tied to two. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a good long series. Nobody needs to panic, neither fan base. Just enjoy yeah. the it's series. Super it's is fine series. for all those yeah. asking. The, the Boston media here and, and a lot of these fans, that's just the Tuca haters trying to look for a reason to get Swayman in. It's its its really become pathetic that they, they yeah. just try, they reach at straws just to get him out of there, to blame everything on Tuca. He had 35 saves the other night, and people are saying he stunk. I mean, yeah. what what's wrong with people? It's unbelievable. It's, it's insane. It's like every Bruins lost now. Oh, Tuca, 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 I mean, it's ridiculous. It's every, you're right. I've seen that a lot. Every Bruins lost. There's, oh, Tuca's got to be better. Oh, Tuca's not lost the game for us and all, all kinds of nonsense like this. Every single time now, it seems the Bruins lose yeah. a game. Let's point the finger at Tuca Rask. It's hard to fathom yeah. that. You don't, you don't want to end up like Vegas where all the Vegas fans are clamoring you know, different parts of the first round. They say, oh, get Lanner in, get Lanner in. Well, yeah, look what happened when Lanner got in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And now you're, you're, they're clamoring here to get a kid in that's only played 10 games in the NHL and never played in the playoffs in his life. Yeah. I mean, I think this kid's going to be a spot. You, I've already raved about him here with you guys, but yeah. he's not there yet. Uh, you know, unless you have to get him in, you go with the all-time winningest goalie in the regular season in the playoffs for your franchise. I kind of thought that would be a no-brainer, but – yeah, it's pretty insane that uh, the goalie's getting that much uh, derision. 
and that much flack from uh, the fan base there. Um, but uh, absolutely. Uh, You're liking absolutely. your big uh, imitation there, your Bruins fans. No, so the, the dumb Bruins fans. Oh, we lost this game. Well, Duke around. He's dunking. Yeah, Duke Duke's got to get the hell out of the net. Shut up already, all right? Give him a, br- yeah. a break. He's been with this you organization. Know, there's a hashtag, too. I think it was Kevin Paul yeah. DuPont got it going in Boston. He hashtags every – anytime there's a mention of any goalie, not just Tuca, any goalie in the NHL, he just goes, hashtag Tuca's fault. Yeah. A hundred, yeah. Hashtag two. Just like, you know, poke fun at yeah. these idiots. Yeah, uh, yeah. So shut up. You know, just enjoy the, uh, just enjoy the playoffs. He's he's okay. Yeah. Your goaltending's not an issue. It's not the problem right now. Uh, relax. Uh, take it easy. Uh, I agree with you there. Too much uh, hate right there on that Tuka Rask. No question. All right. Uh, let's turn our attention to tonight. We got two games. We're going to do Montreal Winnipeg first. We're going to do like a series and a game one preview. Just the series in general, first of all, it's going to be very interesting. I think the thing that stands out to everybody in this series is the goaltending battle that this could be between Carey Price and Connor Hellebuck, two Vesna Trophy winners in the past. Uh, they are both obviously playing very well so far in the playoffs. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see uh, how both of them fare in this series head-to-head. Uh, Hellebuck, uh, there's a lot of people saying Hellebuck's got a lot to prove because he hasn't had a lot of playoff success. Well, he did get to a Western Conference final, you know, a few years ago against Vegas. So he's been able to have some success. You know, I know he got bounced by the the Blues one year. Uh, last year was an early exit against Calgary. But remember, Winnipeg suffered a ton of injuries in that series against Calgary, and that really uh, impacted them negatively. He was very good against the Oilers. He was a huge part in them shutting down Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, and the Oilers uh, in that uh, series. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup. I think the fascinating thing is, and I said this in, when I gave Montreal uh, the praise for beating the Leafs, Philip Deneau's defensive checking in that series of Matthews and Marner was unreal. It was out of this world. And here's the problem, though, for him and for Montreal going into this series. Paul Maurice is doing something very smart. You know, he's going to put Shifley, uh, Wheeler, uh, on the top line there for the uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, in this series. And he's going to put Nikolai e- and Connor, and he's going to put Nikolai Ehlers on the second line for the Jets. And I love that because now it's pick your poison if you're Dominic Ducharme and you're Montreal. Who do you have Philip Deneau most concerned about? Obviously, I think they're going to put him up against the top line, Connor, Shifley, and Wheeler. But You've got Ehlers, who I think has been every bit as good as those three forwards, if not better this season, on the second line. And that defensive matchup's going to be weaker for Montreal against him in particular. So I like what Maurice is doing. He's keeping Ehlers and Connor, who I think have been their top two forwards, start to finish this season on separate lines. That's good. It's going to force Montreal to make a decision. Who are we checking? Who are we putting Deneau out to check against? You know, are we going to shut down Connor, Wheeler, Shifley, or do we have to keep an eye maybe on Ehlers? And I think basically the way this series goes in terms of who's the most impactful forwards for the Winnipeg Jets is probably going to determine that uh, going into this series. I think this is, I haven't bothered big time by everybody saying Winnipeg is going to win this series. I really am because I think Montreal, I get it. It's, it kind of feels like Stanley Cup was won for the Montreal Canadiens coming back to beat Toronto three games to one down, winning that series in seven when everybody had written them off uh, in that series. But I have been impressed with their top four defensemen. Let's give them credit to Edmondson, Petrie, Sherratt, and Weber. 
the big four defensemen for the uh, Montreal Canadiens played well, and they adopted this defensive checking mindset after game four. They figured, if we're going to come back in this series, we've got to keep it tight, low scoring. That's exactly what they did. Play hard, tough-nosed hockey. Get to the tough areas of the ice to score goals like a Corey Perry did with that power play goal in Game 7. That's the way it's going to have to be for Montreal uh, in this series. And, of course, rely on Carey Price, uh, who's been nothing but brilliant uh, so far in these playoffs. I think Winnipeg's definitely got the deeper forward group up front. Here's the X factor for the Jets. I know I'm probably going to get Shifley and Wheeler got going in the Edmonton series. Connor's excellent. Ehlers is excellent. What am I going to get from Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, in this series? This is a guy that's got to raise and elevate. Simple as that. Uh, He didn't do a whole lot in that Edmonton series. He's going to have to do more uh, for the Winnipeg Jets here uh, in this series. Uh, I think Montreal, Winnipeg's got the forward edge a little bit in terms of depth. Uh, Adam Lowry on a third line is outstanding. That third line's great. And Adam Lowry, that's a playoff performer right there. He does all the little things, face-offs, defense, penalty kill, physical. Uh, He's that uh, perennial playoff uh, player that you want on your team. And for the Jets, I think Montreal, I like their start. Their top four, I think, is a little bit better than Winnipeg's. But I don't want to totally, you know, write off Josh Morrissey. Neil Pionk has had a great season. I think Paul Maurice and that Jets coaching staff have done wonders with him. I think his game has improved so much this season, Neil Pionk, from when he was with the Rangers. Tucker Pullman is a solid defenseman. Logan Stanley, the big giraffe, you know, uh, the big Cyclops, as I like to call him, uh, on that blue line. Uh, He's gotten better uh, as the season's progressed. Yeah, this Winnipeg team, we thought for the longest time, weak blue line, weak blue line, inexperienced, not very good, but they've gotten better. And when you shut down Edmonton, you're doing something right. You clearly are, and you have to give them credit. They've also bought into a defensive-minded style of play here in the playoffs. So this has the makings, guys. If we think of Winnipeg as for the years as uh, an offensive juggernaut uh, capable of lighting up the scoreboard, they're not playing that way right now uh, here in the playoffs. Uh, they're playing low-scoring, tight-checking. So is Montreal. I could see unders in this series uh, from a total standpoint. As far as this series goes, I think it goes six or seven. I really do. I think this is not a pushover for Winnipeg. I think it's a close series. Here's how I'm attacking it. And now I'm going to segue into game one tonight. I love Winnipeg tonight. I do. Yeah, I'm not sure about the series, but I love them tonight. Look, this is the same thing we talked about with Colorado Vegas uh, prior to game one there. Colorado's rested at home, fresh as a lily pad. Vegas is coming into town uh, after a seven-game turnaround uh, against Minnesota. 48 hours uh, in the thin air and altitude. That made it worse. And the backup goalie in, uh, Robin Leonard. At least Montreal will have price. It won't be in the thin air and altitude. But still, it's a 48-hour turnaround after you've just had this unbelievable comeback series win against your bitter rivals. And now you got to prepare on the fly for your next opponent. And I can't see this being a Montreal spot for their A game tonight. Uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. I think it's going to be very difficult for them tonight. So here's what I'm doing. I'm on Winnipeg minus 130, minus 135 tonight uh, in this game. It's now up to minus 140. There's been a lot of Winnipeg money. And there was someone in the chat who asked earlier, you know, does Win- should Winnipeg be minus 140 in this game tonight? Uh, yes. in the- Yes, tonight they should. I think if they are this price in game two, I think it's too high. But in this spot, with this situation that is clearly in favor of Winnipeg going into game one tonight, I think they deserve to be minus 140 
uh, favorites tonight. It is just an, a, a very, very significant situational advantage tonight uh, for this uh, Winnipeg Jets team. I think they'll take advantage of that. that. I like Winnipeg money line. I'm also going to sprinkle on the puck line. Uh, minus one and a half, you can get that at plus 200 uh, in this game tonight. I think the Jets could win by margin, kind of like we saw with Colorado uh, against Vegas. This is definitely a Jets spot, uh, and I think they come out and take game one. However, if they win game one tonight, which I believe they will, I'm going to be maybe looking at Montreal, adjusted series price. That is the way I'm going about this and get a better price at that point because I don't think Montreal's – I think Montreal's in over their heads tonight, but I don't think they're out of this series by a long shot if they lose game one tonight. So the strategy is Winnipeg tonight for me, money line and puck line, and also looking at Montreal adjusted series price if they lose game one uh, tonight. That is the way I'm going to be looking here with the uh, Habs and the uh, Jets. Alex, uh, your thoughts on the series overall, uh, Montreal-Winnipeg, and also game one tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a, a tough, hard-fought series. Like you guys have, have alluded to already, where both these teams are getting it done by you know playing more defensive-minded, uh, you know, being you know possessing the puck, uh, making sure teams don't you know get in odd man rushes and, and go against them in, in that fashion. You know, slowing things down a bit. And I think we're going to see a lot of overtimes. Uh, Jay Stone Nine mentioned it in the chat about looking at the OT prop. I had it and. You know, really should have uh, cashed that thing with the Toronto and Montreal game one. If game one goes OT, I would have hit that three exact. But if you shop around, you can find some books that'll have, you know, how many game, how many games this series would go to overtime? Zero, one, two, and sometimes they'll have three exact, or you can have three or more. I'm going to take the three or more prop at plus 450. I think we're going to see a lot of close games that could end up being decided past 60 minutes of play. Uh, that would not shock me one bit. I think this would be a, a six or seven game series, but I don't want to touch anyone as far as a side goes. Obviously, like I said, value would be uh, to take Winnipeg in you know, game one, which I love. I hammered that at minus $1.15. Uh, I thought the line should have opened that minus $1.35, $1.40. So I still like it at this price, but I loved it uh, yesterday and, and, and jumped all over that. And then if you do want to go with a side for better value uh, in the series, then that's when you jump in on, on Montreal. So if you like Winnipeg for the series, get that right now because that's only going to go up if they win tonight. Uh, and if you like Montreal, I'd say wait because it's definitely going to be uh, a game, a series that goes well past five, so definitely be six or maybe even seven. So I'm going to go with the OT prop three or more uh, games at plus 450. And I love the Jets tonight. Uh, he said love them at 115, but I'll endorse them here at minus $1.40. That's an amazing price. Alex didn't wait wait around because the minus 115s were not there for very long. And uh, he jumped on that right away. And uh, see, that that's what I'm saying about the, the the they did not factor in the situation, I think, when they opened that line, minus 115. That's just big, raw power rating right there, that minus 115 uh, number. They didn't factor in, oh, situation, Winnipeg rested, Montreal off the seven-game series, beating their aided rival, coming back to do it that this could be a really difficult spot here for Montreal. And I think it was the, it was the betting markets. It was the betters that pushed this thing up as high as it did, as it is now to minus minus one thirty-five uh, to minus one forty. So yeah, it's just going to be difficult to overcome it. Look, Carey Price is always a scary proposition right now with the way he's playing. Maybe he could stand on his head, steal it tonight, but he's going to need probably that kind of performance because this is a tough physical, mental, emotional spot for Montreal coming off what they just uh, went through uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Jimmy, what's your thoughts? Series and game one here with uh, Montreal Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, guys, I, I, I agree. I mean, it, this is a tough, tall task for the, the Canadians. You could almost you could almost argue taller tasks than evening that series in a way because, I mean, you're just – you're prime for letdown right now. You're a human being. Uh, you, you've just – 
I, from what I know, they didn't go back to Montreal either, right? They flew through the night right to Winnipeg they, after the yeah, Toronto win. Obviously, yeah. I mean that makes sense, but I mean you just you're, you're kind of on a whirlwind right now. It's like really, if you think about it, you haven't been on a road trip sort of like that where you flew out to another city after a game the same night in a while because of the whole division alignment and all that and the way things have been going. You didn't do that as much this year, so it, that that plays a role. There's fatigue. There's emotional and physical letdown right now. That's why I like I, – I don't say I like. I love the Jets in the first period for sure. But this Montreal team, there's something there's something I've been noticing about them too is how they can sort of – kind of like I thought the Islanders did at times uh, to the Bruins the other night. They can kind of trick you into a false sense of security. So I could see the, the Jets coming out and getting that one nothing lead early. And if the Canadians can hold it to one nothing after one – I do think they have a, a good chance of coming back and winning the game. Um, I'm not going to bet on the side. I'm going to stick to that first period. But I, I just I don't think it's a huge slam dunk that they lose this game. But I think, you know, in probability they will. As far as the series goes, guys, I'm already on record. I went on Twitter today. The Montreal Canadiens in five. In five, which means the only game they might lose is tonight uh, in the uh, mind of yep. uh, Jimmy Murphy game one. So that's bold. Uh, but hey, Montreal has been doubted before. Um, I'm not doubting them for the series this time around. I doubted yeah. them in the series against Toronto. But look, if they can take down Toronto. Uh, they can take it. But the thing is, here's the thing, though. Winnipeg is much mentally stronger than this Toronto okay. Maple Leafs team. There's no question. They are not the mental midgets. They're not the weaklings. They're not the, whoa, something's gone wrong for us during a game. We're just going to curl into the fetal position, suck our thumb and go home. Yeah. That's They're not going to be the Jets. Yeah, yeah, they're way more balanced, and that's why they beat the Edmonton Oilers. That's why they swept them. They're not top heavy like the Oilers or Leafs. So I agree with you. I mean, this is a much taller task. This team too is just they're sort of that playoff mold, the way they're built on paper. They didn't really look that way down the stretch, but then again, neither the Canadians. So what does that mean? You throw all that out the door, I guess. I know we were talking about that a lot as we approach the playoffs, and so far the Canadians and Jets have kind of thrown that theory out the door that you know you want momentum going in. I didn't see a momentum with them. I mean, they looked like they were down and out. And Paul Maurice, people were talking about firing him. Ducharme, you didn't know if he was coming. I mean, what a difference that both teams have been in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul Maurice and Dominic Ducharme getting flack. They're not. They're, everybody's silenced right now uh, with these two teams being in the uh, North uh, Division Final. Um, and I'll say this about Montreal. And I said this yesterday, uh, Jimmy. Uh, you weren't with us yesterday, but I'll say it again here. Let's not forget, a lot of us thought Montreal could make a run in the playoffs before the season started. Right. And a lot of us thought Montreal could be a Stanley Cup contender. And we all got soured from that opinion. And we all gave up on them because the regular season for them was just so disappointing. And they underachieved so greatly uh, in the See, regular play, season. Button, you know? But yeah, they hit the reset button. Yeah. Maybe part of that was Toronto just completely pissed it away, which is part of it. I get that. But give Montreal credit. They didn't go away came back, won that series. Maybe now they're morphing into that dangerous playoff team that kind of a lot of us thought they could be before the season started. The only reason yeah. we stopped believing that is because the regular season was just so damn mediocre and disappointing for them. We all got sour on Montreal. We all just all of a sudden kind of gave up on them a little bit. And now and here they are trying to make a run. Did they both go through – I'm pretty sure they both went through COVID shutdowns, right, at one point? Montreal did for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Montreal. Did the Jets too? I think the Jets did. 
Brief, uh, I think it was more because of Vancouver was, and the other yeah. teams. Oh, right, they just they lost a bunch of games. But you Winnipeg did have a brief one. They did, but brief. Okay. Very brief. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, that maybe it's that, or as we were saying, just really sucking down the stretch, I think ironically may have bonded these guys together. And, and you know, the way they came out of the adversity, maybe when they, they realized we're going to make the playoffs, we made it through that. I mean, let's, let's face it, guys, it, both teams, uh, uh, me included, everyone had them written off. I mean, they were like, these teams are done. They're dead, dead in the water. I mean, and it looked that way. No, you know, you can't blame anyone for thinking that, but I'm wondering, did that make them stronger? Uh, and I know that's, uh, you know, it sounds kind of cheesy and everything, but it, it might be true. Exactly. Everybody thought Toronto versus Edmonton is what we'd be seeing starting game one tonight. At Leafs and Oilers, that was going to be your North Division final, the great McDavid versus Matthews matchup. Two guys that did absolutely nothing uh, in the series for both of those respective teams. And I'd, like I said on Twitter, too, yesterday, how funny is it that a lot of people think among, I won't say the top three players in the NHL, because there's other guys that deserve consideration. Crosby still deserves consideration. Kane, the way he played this year, uh, deserves consideration. Yes. But among the top three, and a lot of people have them, and some orders they're top three, Matthews, McKinnon, and McDavid, and yet who's the one guy that's still playing? Who's the one guy that's produced in the playoffs in big spots? And why? The great McKinnon, absolutely, yep. for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So I think his stock's rising a little bit, at least in terms of getting it done at postseason. That, that salary has to be one of, if not the biggest steals. I'd say between him and David Pasternak, those are the, the, the two biggest steals in the NHL. Actually, maybe not. I mean, Marshan's pretty cheap too, so. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Uh, I'm, I'm jumping on that Winnipeg first period as well. I didn't make it official. I, just, I mentioned full game money line and the minus one and a half plus two hundred on the puck line. I'm gonna the first period could be the greatest edge for sure. I you guys, I'll take the under as well. Under for yeah, the total. It should be an under series. I agree. I think it's going to be very. Like, that's all Montreal played down the stretch when Montreal was that when they adjusted their style. Game five, they said, we just got to tighten it up big time and make this a tight checking, no room to operate series for the Leafs. And that's when the series turn in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. So, you know, they're going to bring that same kind of style to this series. So, yeah, and with two great goalies right now, it's going to be, I think, probably a low scoring series. So I, I wouldn't talk anyone uh, out of the under as well. And, and just a quick note, as I'm flipping and looking to the the live, my live odd screen, money's still pouring in now on Winnipeg. So if you like it, uh, don't hesitate because it's going up. I'm seeing 143, 145 uh, in a lot of shops. So that, that's going, they're moving and it's nothing but jet money. Yeah, people are seeing this situation as clearly advantage Winnipeg. But again, if Winnipeg, Winnipeg's got, this is a big game for Winnipeg now. You got to win it. This is your spot. You got the huge advantage here. Get the job done because you lose tonight and it's at home as well. You lose tonight and all of a sudden it's a big advantage swing to Montreal. Uh, in this series because this is obviously that spot where it favors the Jets significantly situationally and schedule-wise, uh, and we'll see if they can uh, get the job done because this is exactly what Colorado was uh, had the situation on their side against Vegas uh, in game one over the weekend, and we saw they took advantage of it in a very big way. Uh, we'll see if Winnipeg can, can as well. Uh, tonight in game one against the Habs. All right, speaking of Vegas, Colorado, game two of that series tonight. Uh, Vegas, Colorado, we've got the Avs approaching minus 200 now. Uh, home favorites in this game, the total five and a half, even money in this one. Look, I look. there is no question in my mind that this series is not over yet. No, uh, you know, it's uh, game one was ugly as hell for Vegas. That was just 
you know, for, good luck. 48-hour turnaround after beating Minnesota in Game 7. It was also their fifth straight game traveling between games. After Game 4 in Minnesota, they go back to Vegas for Game 5, Minnesota for Game 6, Vegas for Game 7, Colorado for Game 1, uh, and thin air, high altitude, backup goalie, and it was just the perfect spot for them to get romped. You know, and that that's exactly what happened uh, and, and in Pete, Game 1. Pete boring. He screwed up pretty bad, too. I mean, yeah. the, the he rolled the dice and he crapped out. He crapped out. That's exactly what happened. It was, it was just dumb. That's it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he did. Uh, I know you want to get Flurry rest. He's in his late 30s. I get it. Seven games, short turnaround. But uh, I don't think you want to piss away games in a Stanley yeah. Cup playoff series. You just don't want to do that. Yeah. And, and that, to me, is kind of it's kind of like you said, you know what? We'll take the L here. What kind of mindset is that? We'll take the L yeah. here uh, in game yeah. one. Like Brad right. Stevens with the Celtics. That's all. Yeah. yeah. We'll take the L here. Uh, and that's exactly what ended up happening uh, the other night. And uh, look, it wasn't all on Leonard. Uh, the, uh, they had no gas in the tank. They were not winning any puck battles. They weren't winning any races to lose pucks throughout that game. Colorado had the puck the whole night. Uh, that, and that, that's been to Colorado a lot lately, where they've had the puck most of the game and their opponent has not. And that is why this team is so good. And it's their blue line can pinch at the blue line, get back in position and get the puck back quickly and then keep it from you for a long period of time. That is why they're so special. Nathan McKinnon, a highlight real goal the other night, six to one made Nick Haig uh, left him in his dust in the neutral zone. Uh, that whole top line of McKinnon, Rantanen and Landeskog was terrific. They're getting their depth forward, stepping up Don Skoy, Burakovsky, uh, you know, Jost. They're getting some uh, depth scoring a little bit as well. The blue line's outstanding. Philip Grubauer's rock solid. There's a lot to like. Now, this is still not over this series. Vegas will be a lot better tonight. I'm I'm confident of that. Vegas will be a lot better tonight. The two full days of rest is big for them because, they remember, this is Sunday to Wednesday. So this yeah. is two days off for them. They're going to be much fresher, much rested. They're going to have Marc-Andre Fleury back in net tonight. This will be a much better Vegas team tonight, no doubt about that. That being said, I still don't know if they're winning this game tonight because I just think Colorado is at that kind of level right now where they're just dominating, they're rolling, they're controlling games for the majority, game in and game out. And I don't know if that's going to change tonight. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm not involved in the full game money line in terms of the side. What I am going to look at here is the over five and a half, minus 110 for the full game because I just think Vegas is still going to struggle to defend Colorado. But the, the best look for me in this game is just it has not failed it it has not failed to cash yet in the Stanley Cup playoffs and that is betting Colorado team total over three and a half and you can get that at plus one fifteen tonight Colorado team total over three and a half they have scored four or more goals in all five Stanley Cup playoff games that they've played so far all four games against St Louis game one against Vegas in fact. They've actually scored four or more goals in their last seven games overall, dating back to the regular season. So you're going to give me Colorado's team total over three and a half at a plus price. That is not a bet I am passing up. Not at all. I mean, and, and that way I don't have to worry about will they win the game? Because I think Vegas will be better offensively, especially tonight. But I'm pretty darn confident Colorado can do what they've been doing all playoffs long. And that's at least getting to four goals in a playoff game. So I like the over full game, five and a half 
I like Colorado team total over three and a half plus 115. Those are my two bets for Vegas, Colorado game two tonight pregame. Alex, what's your thoughts here? Game two, Vegas, Colorado. Yeah, you know, I was kind of critical as well as everybody else with, you know, the choice of putting Leonard in net for for game one for Vegas. But when you look at it, like I said, the situation of them, you know, coming off just only a day of rest after an emotional series. And then also, let's give the fact that they're going into altitude as well. Uh, even if Flurry starts that game, I think he probably has a rough night and ends up getting, giving up four or five goals. This is a Colorado offense that is just absolutely out of its mind right now. Uh, like I said, they could put four or five goals on anybody in the world at this moment. So, you know, kind of wonder, okay, keep, you know, Flurry fresh and, you know, get him ready for the rest of the series. And now that the time being a bit more balanced, and I think we will see a more uh, competitive Vegas side tonight, but this Colorado team, like I said, it's just hard to ignore how well they're playing offensively. I like that team total as well. I got it plus uh, 110 over three and a half. And I also like the first period over here. You can get that laying a dollar 10 uh, over one and a half. I think we're going to see, uh, some offense going both ways. I think Vegas is going to have a lot of energy going early. I wouldn't be shocked to see them even score first, potentially, and then Colorado bouncing back to tie it up. So uh, that's where I'm going with the first period over, and I'm going with Colorado team total over. All right, so first period over for Alex, one and a half, as well as that Colorado team total over three and a half, plus 110, plus 115 in most spots. Shop around for that. Uh, Jimmy, what do you like here? Golden Knights, Avs, game two. I mean, we got to keep riding Alex's first period overs, man. They've, they've been lit ever since I joined the show. So, I, yeah, I'm going with that. And, you know, I, I'm going to I'm gonna take the uh, Jimmy Puck line on the Avs tonight. I, I, I just sense the, that that start really – I think that screwed them up mentally big time, not starting Flurry. That team was riding that goalie. They love him. You know, he's a Vesna finalist right now. Look, you want to do load management, you're doing it in a regular season. And, and if you notice, DeBoer didn't do that. He, I thought he rode Flurry a little too much. During, at times, he didn't have a choice, I know. But I thought he rode him too much at times during the regular season. And that's why he's paying the price now. So just horrible coaching. And that's going to lead to a two-goal or more win for the Colorado Avalanche. All right, Jimmy Puckline here. Colorado Avalanche, minus one and a half. And the, and the first period over. And the first period over as well, one and a half for uh, Jimmy in this one. Uh, that's the problem. I know Vegas will be a lot better. This will be a much more competitive game. This will be a much tighter game, uh, no question, in terms of the margin. But I just don't know if they're right now, Vegas, at, at a, Colorado's at a scary level right yeah. now. Like an absolutely scary level. So scary that I have no interest stepping in front of them anytime soon. They yeah. are that dangerous. They are that. How are you going to beat this team? when they have the puck on their stick for 90% of the game. And, and that's what we're seeing right now. Like you can't, you can't, you can't win if you can't, if you don't have the puck and if you don't have the puck, you can't score. And if you can't score, you can't win. So it all, it all goes hand in hand right now. That's the issue. And I thought maybe this was just a St. Louis thing, you know, uh, where they just, you know, St. Louis barely had the puck, barely touched it in that series, yeah. but it happened again in game one of this series against Vegas. Now, the caveat to that is Vegas in a brutal spot, worn down, tired, 48-hour turnaround for prior after seven games with Minnesota for game one. This is where we gauge truly if we have a series on our hands tonight. How does Vegas play tonight? Because now they should be in a better position to handle Colorado or play with them. But doesn't ma- doesn't mean that automatically they're going to get the job done tonight. Uh, they've still got to show that they could keep the puck, possess it, get chances off it, and not ultimately finish and look finishing has been a a problem in a couple of games as well for the vegas golden knights so uh this is a fascinating game like you know vegas will be better but are they gonna be there's a difference between 
they're going to be better and they're going to win the game against this dominant Colorado team right now, or they're going to be better, but they're still going to lose by two goals or something like that. You know, that's the problem. They are going to be better, but I'm not sure about that. I don't know if this is just, oh, Vegas is going to be better. They're going to win and tie the series tonight. This could be just, oh, they're going to be better. Yeah, but they're still going to lose the game. <laughs> you know, that's what I worry about. That is how good the Colorado Avalanche uh, are right now. Uh, a scary, scary group. Uh, we'll see if they can stay undefeated as well uh, in the playoffs. 5-0 and uh, in the postseason uh, heading into game two tonight. All right, great analysis from Alex and Jimmy. Uh, we'll get to best bets in just a second. Before we do that, a reminder, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. Uh, it's a, a great time of year. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, uh, baseball daily, uh, all that and more. Uh, so when you download DraftKings, sign up for an account, you'll get uh, bet boosts, deposit bonuses, weekly specials, weekly incentives, so make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code uh, THPN. All right, it is time for best bets uh, for this Wednesday uh, uh, card. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet tonight? Go with the Winnipeg Jets money line. Like I said, I, I loved it more, obviously, at a cheaper price. But even here at this minus 140, this this is kind of my threshold level of, uh, you know, cutoff point. Anything past 150, you're going to have to maybe scale it down a half a unit. But I like this one enough here. I think the Jets get it done. Uh, you know, that rest over rust theory, I think we're going to see the rest of the team uh, come out hot and heavy. So Winnipeg Jets on the money line, that's my best bet. All right, Winnipeg Jets, minus 140 uh, against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Jimmy Murphy, back with us. Uh, what do you like for best bet? I'm going Rocky Mountain High, man. Give me the Colorado Avalanche on the puck line. All right, Avs puck line, minus one and a half for uh, Jimmy, his, his best bet. Uh, mine is going to be Colorado, but team total over uh, three and a half, plus 115 is what I bet. There's plus 110 mostly now, but still a plus price everywhere. Great number. Uh, I think they get four goals. They've gotten four goals in all five playoff games so far, at least four goals and at least four goals and seven straight dating back to the regular season. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Abs team totals uh, have had a bunch of them already. We'll hopefully add one more to the winning ledger tonight. Colorado Avalanche team total over three and a half plus 115. Uh, for my best bet for this Wednesday night. And that'll wrap up this edition of the show. Reminder, the Ice Guys BetCast tomorrow night, Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, uh, 4.30 p.m. Pacific. Bruins-Islanders game three, uh, Hurricanes-Lightning game three. Uh, looking forward to it tomorrow night uh, with the BetCast. I've already got some people that have uh, sent their uh, DM along saying we want to be on the show, so uh, looking like we might have a pretty good turnout. Think of the first one we had. We might It might be that busy. Uh, tomorrow night uh, during the BetCast. So uh, join us for that Thursday night, uh, the Ice Guys' latest Stanley Cup playoffs BetCast. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live on YouTube seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. For Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.